Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. It's been a year since the U.S. Supreme Court's draft decision to overturn Roe v. Wade was leaked. Since then, California has made strides to be an abortion sanctuary. And this week, the state has taken another step in that direction. It's partnering with law firms and advocacy groups to launch a new hotline with abortion-related services. Already, 45 law firms have joined the Southern California Legal Alliance for Reproductive Justice. They provide pro bono legal guidance and representation to those seeking and providing reproductive care. California Attorney General Rob Bonta said the state will serve as an advisor and an ally to the alliance. The legal landscape across the country it can be confusing and, frankly, scary, leaving patients and providers at a loss for what they can do, where they can go, who they can rely on. This alliance is here for them, a source of answers, a source of guidance, a source of support. Anyone within or outside of California can call the hotline at 310-206-4466 and will be paired with lawyers. The Los Angeles City Council voted Wednesday to pass ambitious plans for new housing in Hollywood and downtown L.A. David Wagner from membership station LAist has the details. The new community plans have been in the works for decades. They aim to bring 135,000 new homes to two of L.A.'s most important urban centers. Councilmember Marquise Harris-Dawson chairs the council's planning committee. Somebody somewhere down the line is going to move into an affordable unit downtown that would not have appeared if we had not done this work. The market would not have produced that. The plan for downtown envisions 20 percent of L.A.'s new housing happening on just 1 percent of the city's total land. The plan allows housing in areas where it was previously prohibited, like the Fashion District. Garment workers lobbied to preserve space for clothing manufacturing, but some property owners say the city passed too many restrictions on new housing in the fashion district. The Hollywood and downtown community plans now need Mayor Karen Bass's signature before a May 12th deadline. For the California Report, I'm David Wagner in Los Angeles. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey. 
It's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. TV and film writers are taking to the picket lines for the third day after failing to reach an agreement with Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Here to tell us what that means for your favorite TV shows and the writers who make it happen is Michael Schneider, senior TV editor for Variety and the host of Screen Grab, a podcast from KCRW. Michael, welcome. Hello, hello. So why are Hollywood writers striking and what are their demands? Uh, well, there are a number of demands, but but key among them is a lot has changed in the TV industry in general. The way we watch television has changed, but the way writers are compensated uh, is still sort of reflects the way things used to be. These days, uh, most television shows on streamers last for maybe six to eight episodes. So there are fewer episodic fees. There are fewer staff members who write these shows. But then most importantly, these days, streamers hold on to shows. They they don't sell them into syndication. There's no back end. There's no opportunities to you know really see the fruits of your labor. And writers feel like they've been sort of left behind by this revolution. And so now that they're on strike, what does this mean for everyone's favorite show? And what programs will be immediately affected? Well, the shows that are immediately affected are the late night talk shows, which have already gone off the air. Those are shows that are written every single day. So clearly there was no way to move forward. Uh, also, Saturday Night Live, which is live every single week, uh, could not move forward. So that'll be in repeats as well. But longer term, as shows run out of scripts and they have to shut down production, uh, we may see a stoppage in a lot of your favorite shows. You might not see that for a while because, again, the streamers have stockpiled a lot of their shows. They produce these shows months and months in advance. So it might not be until the fall or early next year that you'll start to really see a stoppage in your traditional favorite shows. And we know this isn't the first time that writers went on strike. They did it back in 2007 as well. What's the difference between that strike and this one now? Well, in 2007, it was also about what was then called new media. But back then, we really didn't know what new media was going to look like. This was before the streaming revolution. Now, uh, we know exactly what the streaming revolution has looked like and what the new structure is. So with that now sort of in place, it's about the future. It's about, okay, this industry has changed. So how is compensation going to change? How are streaming residuals going to change? And how will we reflect the fact that uh, middle-class writers aren't getting the kind of substantial work that they once did? And can the industry figure out a new way to compensate these writers as a result? And 15 years ago, that strike lasted about 100 days. Do you expect this one to last as long? I think there's a possibility that this could last throughout the summer uh, because the other factor going into this is that the Directors Guild and also the Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA and DGA, both also have contracts that, that are expiring with the producers in the coming months. They're facing a lot of the same issues that the writers are also facing. So a lot of those same issues are going to come up again as those negotiations go on, and there's a chance of more strikes. Uh, and at some point, we may have three different guilds that are all negotiating 
for the same thing. Wow. And finally, what are the economic concerns of a prolonged strike? Well, the economic concerns happen in a number of different ways. It's not just writers. Ultimately, everyone involved in productions will be impacted both above the line and below the line. The artisans, uh, costume designers, makeup artists, uh, you know, set designers, production designers, everyone involved in production will be impacted. Uh, you know, this is a long tail uh, of an industry and that could have ramifications for uh, the economy in places like Los Angeles, just as it did in 2007, 2008. That was Michael Schneider, senior TV editor for Variety and the host of the podcast Screen Grab from KCRW. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks so much. And that's the California Report for Thursday, May 4th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.